The Mets continuing their journey through the Midwestern humidity in Cincinnati Monday night, a journey that will not include the manager in the dugout until Wednesday afternoon. The mild-mannered Luis Rojas suspended two games for bumping an ump on Sunday, so Monday night was the House of Jouse. Bench coach Dave Jouse, who got the win and relief on Sunday, was on the hook Monday as well. It went very well. It was bizarre. But it went well. We'll review a long, weird, satisfying ball game starting now. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. Yes, the theme song. Thank you. We're going for that Good Morning Utica vibe on Channel 33. Think we've nailed it. Josh Lewin with you. Welcome to the second ever episode of Mets in the Morning. Haven't been canceled yet. And I know it's called Mets in the Morning, but this podcast can actually be consumed anytime. Monday through Friday, we give you all the latest news, notes, and nonsense, the good, the bad, the ugly of your still in first place New York Mets, a living, breathing example of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Monday was a fine example. We will walk you through what happened in the crazy extra inning win. Four Mets errors over the first 12 batters, admittedly suboptimal, but they recovered. They won it 15 to 11 in 11. We'll hear from the skipper, even though he's in timeout. We will play you some highlights courtesy of WCBS, and we will give you some big picture on the NL East. But first, still basking in the glow from that huge comeback win Sunday in Pittsburgh, the way Conforto had been struggling all year. When he hit that game-winning ninth-inning home run Sunday, it felt like a tuxedoed George McFly landing that one miracle punch on Biff Tannen in the high school parking lot. Could Conforto carry that momentum with him to Ohio? Spoiler alert, yes. We'll detail that soon. But The other big question, could the Mets go one freaking day without another injury? This season, it's been like looking both ways before you cross the street and then getting hit by a submarine. Just when you think you're in the clear, Lindor finally coming around, for example. Whoops, grade two oblique strain. See you in probably late August. DeGrom's going to win a Cy Young again, right? Oops, sore forearm. Uh, Any more injuries to report? No, not really. But there were some roster moves before the game. Uh, John Eshwi Vargas DFA'd, and hopefully he clears waivers and hangs around. I was just finally learning how to say his name without hurting myself. Blankenhorn option to Syracuse. This after the pinch hit double Saturday, pinch hit three-run homer Sunday. Good thing he didn't have like a nine-RBI game. They would have sent him to St. Lucie. He'll be back. He made an impression. Meantime, Oswald transferred to the 60-day IL, and active are two new relievers. Steven Nagosek, the former Oregon Duck, he will wear 85 the year of Gary Carter's arrival and the curly shuffle on the Shea Stadium Jumbotron. The other reliever, lefty Anthony Bonda, the former Diamondback in Tampa Bay Ray. Remember that name. He'll wear 77. That was the season of almost complete turnover. Seaver, Kingman, Matlack, Milner, Grody, Mian, Harrelson, gone. And Kuzman would follow a year later. Anyway, Bonda's a fun guy to watch. Heavily tattooed, says the artwork on his left arms took around 20 hours. On his right arm, 18 hours. The full chest piece he's got smack dab in the middle, 22 hours under the needle. So add that up, that's what, 60 hours? If you had Bonda and Sean Reed Foley in this bullpen at the same time, that would be a record amount of ink. So, roster set. 
the Reds, the Monday night opponent. And those guys slipped this past weekend against Milwaukee. So they came in seven back in the Central. The Mets wobbled, of course, in Pittsburgh, but came out of the weekend up two, four, and six on Philly, Atlanta, and Washington. Thank goodness the balance of power is in the West this year, right? The Mets leading the NL East, but only on pace to win 86 games. Kind of shades of 1973, when 83 was enough to win. And the Mets made it all the way to Game 7 of the World Series out in Oakland. If you want to get Howie fired up on the radio, by the way, ask him who should have started Game 6, George Stone or Tom Seaver. Oh, he loves that. Okay, enough stalling. Let's get you to the weird, chilly capital of the world for the weirdest game of the year. Jared Eikhoff on the mound instead of the sore forearm Jacob deGrom. This is at least the the ninth physical issue deGrom has experienced in the last year and a half. Five of them this season. The roll call, you go back to last year, back tightness, a blister, neck tightness, a right hamstring spasm. Uh, Since the start of May, we're looking at a right lat inflammation situation, right side tightness, uh, right flexor tendonitis, right shoulder soreness, and now forearm tightness. Best pitcher on the planet, bar none, with that 108 ERA. But as the saying goes in the NFL, you can't help the club from the tub. Meaning the only true ability is durability. I know I'm sounding like Ted Lasso here, but it's true. DeGrom, with a fastball that now averages 99.2 miles an hour. No other starter in the majors even averages 98. Go back to 2015, when Jake helped the Mets reach the World Series. He averaged 95.7. Well, now he's 33 years old, and and maybe his body is finally saying, hey, uh, can we maybe meet in the middle on all this? I mean, I'm no doctor, didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night, nothing. But here's hoping the body of work doesn't get derailed by the body of the person, because all I know is I want Jake back up on the bump. No offense to Jared Eikhoff. To the field of play, seriously now, Eikhoff with six home runs allowed in 12 and two-thirds innings, which scared you heading in. In, in the words of Outcast, you're only as funky as your last cut. And the last appearance for Eikhoff, six hits allowed against six outs achieved. The Southern Indiana native facing the team from Southern Ohio. The Reds, with the same number of wins as the Mets, had Cuban rookie Vladimir Gutierrez on the mound. We will see a slightly scarier Vladimir G at the plate at City Field this coming weekend when Toronto comes to town. Gutierrez, a 2.85 ERA against teams that are not San Diego. His ERA against the Padres is 22 in two starts. Well, he would get in trouble right away. Brandon Nimmo, 10 for 25 when leading off the first base hit to set up Alonzo. Any thoughts of the home run derby derailing Alonzo? That's what happened in 2019 for a bit. No. Uh, in 2019, he came out 3 for 30 after the All-Star game. This time, let's make him 5 for 12. 1-1. Alonzo rips one in the air, deep to left field. Winker is back, but that ball is gone. A home run for Pete Alonzo. It was a hanging slider from Gutierrez, and Alonzo crushed it into the seats and left to give the Mets an instant 2-0 lead. 18th of the year, 15 of those on the road. 87 homers is a Met already all told in not even 300 games. He will soon crack the all-time Mets top 20 ahead of the aforementioned Gary Carter. Next up, Jeff McNeil, and Squirrel follows Polar Bear. It's an all-zoo, back-to-back home run bonanza. McNeil's first since May 8th. He's now hitting 340 in July. Mets go up 3-0 before Gutierrez has an out. This guy had allowed one homer all year on a breaking ball. Then he allows two in two minutes to Alonzo and McNeil. That's baseball, Susan. 
The Mets always hit in this ballpark, it seems. They have won 34-54 all-time here. Uh, they clinched the NL East here in 2015 when Familia struck out Jay Bruce. 3-0 Mets after half an inning. Then they would give it all back, plus one. Jonathan India, like Alonzo, a former Florida Gator, leadoff double. The slumping Jesse Winker singles him to third. Winker's been all over right-hand pitching this year. No lefty batter in the league. He has a higher OPS against righties. Eikhoff then gets what looks like a double play ball, but the normally sure-handed Luis Giorme kicks it. Run scores, still nobody out. Joey Votto then hit by a pitch in the shin. The Reds have been hit by the most pitches of any team in baseball since 2019. Now it's bases loaded, nobody out. The former Indian Tyler Naquin feathers a, a double to left to tie it up 3-3. Yikes. Next is Eugenio Suarez having a terrible year despite 18 home runs. He is second in the National League in strikeouts behind Javi Baez. Does lead the league in first-name syllables with five. Uh, he rolls to third, and up comes Shogo Akiyama. No home runs and 245 career big league at-bats. He takes Eikhoff to the wall for a sack fly. Reds go up 4-3. Next up, the shortstop, Farmer. He is Farmer. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 And he strikes out on a curveball. So, after giving up six in the first the game before, it is four in the first tonight. Reds come up in the bottom of the second, and with one out, India hit by a pitch. Tyler Stevenson, the batter, highest ground ball rate in the league, slow-moving catcher, double-play candidate, hits one on the ground to Giorme, as he had done back in the first, and again, Giorme kicks it and throws it away. Double error. The same guy who raised our eyebrows in spring training that one time when he caught that errant bat one-handed, all of a sudden he's Steve Urkel on roller skates out there. For what it's worth, did you know the 11-time Gold Glover Omar Vizquel once committed three errors in one inning. Vizquel was Guillaume's hero growing up in Venezuela. This was a tribute to Vizquel that Luis didn't mean to do. Three errors in two innings here. Vado a single, Naquin a single. Before you know it, 7-3 Cincinnati ended two. To the fourth, J.D. Davis, 400 hitter. Single to center, and then Conforto, who had had two home runs his previous 33 games. Well, make it two home runs now in his last three at-bats. He goes out to right field, Mets back to within a 7-5. I think that we've been spoiled a bit these last couple of years before this one. The Mets had gone 10 years straight without getting above 250 for a team batting average. They crawled to 257 in 2019. They led the league last year at 272. So this year they're down a court for sure at 240. But some of the guys you count on, McNeil, Conforto, they are finally maybe kicking it into gear. After Conforto, a Tomas Nito double. Giorme flies out, but the pitcher Eikhoff reaches on an infield single. He's two for five this year now, 400 hitter. And after a Nimmo ground out, Alonzo singles in Nito for Pete's third RBI of the game. Hey, hey, seven of six now. Mets back to within one after four. Top five, both starters out of the game by now. Dom Smith loads and fires. Three for five Sunday. Now a 430-foot home run to center. Ties it up. Guy had two home runs in all of April and May. Uh, dude's now got eight in June and July. And at this point, 12 outs into the game. Every Met starter, including the pitcher, with at least one hit. Next two batters strike out, although two great battles. Seven pitch at bat for Davis, nine pitch at bat for Conforto. Nito flies to left. We are seven up halfway through. 7-7 seven, seven until the bottom of the seventh with one out Farmer singles. Tucker Barnhart pinch hits and rolls into a fielder's choice. 
Lugo comes in a pitch. Remember his last outing? He got carpet bombed on Saturday. He walks Jonathan India. It's two on for Jesse Winker, who doubles in the go-ahead run. First run allowed by the Mets bullpen in 12-plus innings. Remember Sunday, they had the eight and two-thirds shutout innings. I think highlighted by Aaron Loop getting out of that bases loaded, no out jam at one point. But here was Lugo allowing a run credited against the ledger of Miguel Castro. Eighth inning, Josh Osich now on the mound for Cincy, replacing former St. John's basketball player Amir Garrett. Conforto, single to center, he's back. James McCann pinch hits against a guy he used to catch with the White Sox in Osich. And what do you know? No balls and one strike on McCann. Osich's pitch. Breaking ball, lifted in the air, deep to left field. Winker is back near the wall, looking up, and it's gone! Home run, James McCann! The Mets get another late-inning home run to take a lead. It's another pinch-hit home run. James McCann off the bench for Nito, and he promptly delivers. It is 9-8 in favor of the Mets here in the top of the eighth inning. Wayne Randazzo gets to call another one on WCBS. Another Mets pinch hit home run. Blankenhorn Sunday, McCann on a Monday. McCann breaking an 0 for 11 and 1 for 18. Dave Jouse, you wizard. The son of legendary Chicago sports writer Bill Jouse, BP pitcher extraordinaire. Dave Jouse pulls yet another correct lever, and it's Mets 9, Reds 8. Home run count at this point, Mets 5, Reds none. The dangerous Joey Votto leads off the bottom of the 8th. And the stat I love about Votto, it took until his 14th Major League season before he ever popped out to the right side of the infield. Amazing. Righty swingers like Edwin Encarnacion and Albert Pujols each did it more than 140 times apiece in that time. Votto, zero. In this at-bat, he goes up 3-0 on Lugo. Lugo roars back, strikes him out. Naquin singles, though, his fourth hit of the night. Up comes Suarez, hitting a horrible 180 on fastballs this year, worst in the National League. Lugo has the scouting report, three fastballs, another Suarez strikeout, two down. Lugo, the one-time 34th-round draft pick, still has to get Akiyama, and he does so, striking him out as well. Ninth inning, nothing across for the Mets. And it's Diaz on to close it. That's uh, something that's been a little iffy of late. Last two games for Edgar, six runs on six hits and two innings, including the walk-off homer allowed to Jacob Stallings back in Pittsburgh. This time, Kyle Farmer walks on four pitches. Arg. Aristides Aquino pinch runs. Tucker Barnhart, a lefty up next. Diaz has struck out 41% of lefties since 2019 began. That second among qualifying relief pitchers in all of baseball. Three sliders and goodbye. Strikes him out. So now Jonathan India on base all five times in this game at this point. Diaz gets them on a broken bat comebacker. Two down. Tying man in scoring position. Jesse Winker, all-star. Last time he faced Diaz, game-winning a home run at City Field a couple years ago. Got the pitcher's spot on deck. You hate to put the winning run on base. Do you do it? Dave Jouse, you're the wizard. What do you say? Well, they decide to pitch to Winker, and he... Slashes a double in a left center. Tie game. All right. First time in his career, Diaz has had three straight blown saves. We are now looking at 9-9. Nine to nine. Mike Freeman pinch hits, 213 hitter. First pitch to him is to the backstop. Winning run now at third base, but Freeman, a lefty, eventually strikes out. We are 9-9 nine, nine at the end of 9. Edgar Garcia on for his Reds debut in relief. Former Philly, former Ray. Conforto, 2-for-4 at this point, advances the extra inning runner 
with a grounder to third. That leaves it to McCann, fresh off that pinch hit home run in the eighth. He squeaks a single in a center, a ball that seemed to hit his bat twice. The pitcher Garcia does the sideways Jesse Orozco, wrapping up the 86 World Series. He throws his glove 40 feet horizontally, trying to stab the ball as it goes by. 10-9 New York now. And remember that reliever Banda we told you about, acquired from the Giants a couple weeks ago? He's on to try to close it out. Banda, big league experience with Tampa Bay, and that's always a heck of a bullpen, right? The Mets' 52nd different player of the year already, looking for big league save number two. Runner at second to start, Votto with that career OBP of 417, top 25 all time, higher than Stan Musial's, higher than Wade Boggs's. He gets up 3-0. He swings, deposits a single to left. Runners at the corners now, nobody out. Votto, when putting a 3-0 pitch in play in his career, 25 for 45. Up comes Naquin, looking for his fifth hit of the game, gets it. A flare to left to tie it up. Are you kidding? Mets fans at this point not Fond Abanda, uh, who looks like Anthony Recker with glasses. I do kind of like that. Here comes Suarez, 0 for 5, three strikeouts, batting average down to 169. Two on, nobody out. What does he do? Grounds into a double play. We are now Fond Abanda. We stay 10-10. Akiyama's up, winning run at third. Banda gets ahead 0-2, gets the lefty to ground out to Peraza. We go to the 11th. Peraza, the runner at second. Nimmo up. And again, the pitchers are now two guys making their debuts for their respective new teams with the game tied in extra innings. Nimmo pounds one in a right. Peraza goes to third. Does not try out that howitzer arm of Naquin. So how about Pete Alonso already with a three RBI night? With his home run derby pitcher as his acting manager, he, uh, he does not get a cookie. Gets a slider in the dirt and strikes out. McNeil comes up. Pitcher's spot on deck with no available pinch hitters. The Reds decide to pitch to McNeil, who's been heating up, and he scorches one to right center to score Peraza. 11-10 Mets. Why did they pitch to McNeil? I don't know, but thank you. Bonda bats. 0-5 in his career. McNeil steals second, so no, no double play in order. Bonda actually slams one on the ground to third, but Suarez makes the play, throws out Nimmo at home, two down, runners at the corners for Kevin Pillar. 213 hitter, draws another new pitcher, Ryan Hendricks with an X. Fourth straight day on the mound for that poor guy, and Pillar creams a three-run home run to seal this thing. Sitting on the curve that you knew was coming, that's Hendricks's jam, so to speak, uh, ninth home run of the year for Pilar. Sixth home run of the night for the team to match a season high. Pilar talked about his big hit once the game was finally over. Just trying to learn a little bit more about myself, the way you know pitchers are trying to attack me. Um, you know, my first pitch hit, I saw a first pitch slider. Um, so, yeah, there was a part of me that was going up there uh, being a little bit pre- more prepared to uh, – you know, look for a breaking ball and, and try to uh, drive in a run there. You know, runs were, you know, in, in extra innings, you're never comfortable with one run. One run almost feels like a given sometimes. So to, to be able to add on there is uh, extremely important. You've certainly talked a lot this season about the, the feel of this team, the culture that, that you guys have built, um, what you've been able to do here as a group, especially over these last couple of nights. How would you describe what you've done? Yeah, I, I, I keep using the quote that we're built for this, and I think that today was a perfect example. We went through every single guy on the bench. I was the last guy off the bench. Um, you know, we had two new pitchers brought up today. We had some guys in the bullpen that were unavailable because they had to cover so many innings yesterday, and uh, no one flinched. 
you know, we didn't play very good baseball early on. We, we shot ourselves in the foot, but uh, we picked each other up. Uh, guys that made mistakes in the field came up, contributed in the, uh, when they, their turn came up in the lineup. Um, you know, no one pointed fingers. You know, I was sitting in here listening to Jared talk. He's been very humble in, in what he had to say, but he threw the ball really well. Good stuff, Kevin Pillar. Great point about Eikhoff, who gave up seven runs, but only two were earned. 14-10 with that home run, Pilar hit. Jets throw over the Bengals. Oops, uh, make that 15-10 because Conforto goes yard again. Five extra base hits for Conforto in the last three games, including three home runs. This one, 419 feet. If he unlocks what he had and who he was last year, look out below. So uh, the second back-to-back home run thing of the night gives the Mets the victory. The Reds in the last of the 11th make it a little interesting. They knock Bonda out with a score of 15-11. Trevor May on for his second save in two nights. Gets the sore-wristed Nick Castellanos to fly to right. Ends it one batter later. So, the last three games, runs scored by the Mets, we're looking at 7-7-15. and 15. Remember how they started the second half? They had three hits going 0-12 with runners in scoring position. This is better. In first place for a 73rd consecutive day, the record now 49-42, and 15-11-11. and 11. That's your final. Seven home runs. That's one shy of an all-time Mets record. They had eight in Philly back in the 2015 season during Cespedes' mania. Winning pitcher in his Mets debut, Anthony Bonda, with that 77 on his back. Time of this abomination, 445 in 11 wackaloon innings. With the Mets idle and the Braves rained out, the Mets now up two and a half in the NL East. Uh, the Nets, or the Nats, that is, kept pace because they whomped on the Marlins 18 to 1. Let's hear from the skipper now. Oh, and remember in this one, it's not Rojas, it's Jouse. From the front office down to the manager, down to the coaching staff, the trainers, and then the players, that clubhouse, that dugout, um, that group of of people, men and women. I couldn't say that 10 years ago, but men and women, it's great. Um, have a bond that they are together at three o'clock when we're taking early work, at 5.30 when we're taking BP, at 6.30 when we're doing an advanced meeting report to get ready for the starter, and then at seven o'clock to play a game together and you know, they've, they've showered this, this thing off 25, 30 minutes ago already. You know, so that's a really special way to describe what our, our fans are watching on the field, but now they get a little look into what is going on. Luis Rojas will be back in the dugout Wednesday. There's a matinee on Wednesday, but first a game tonight that we'll talk about a little bit more in just a sec. Uh, no doubt there's some hot breath on the Mets next right now. The Phillies are definitely hanging around. They've gone 10-4 and four in July so far. The bullpen has not been a tire fire of late. They should be aggressive at the trade deadline. You don't bring in Dave Dombrowski to run your front office if you're not trying to win right now. In Atlanta, Alex Anthopoulos has made six straight playoff appearances in front office stints with the Blue Jays, Dodgers, and these Braves. The Nationals' Mike Rizzo didn't concede when his team was 19-31 two years ago. They ended up winning a World Series. So, I think you got some executives looking to rev the engine coming up here. We'll see who's coming hot after the Mets. As for what's going down in uh, this little series here 
in the, not the ATL, but the uh, the CIN, which Cincinnati has never been called until just now. The game will be played there tonight. Game number two of three in the series. The Mets will apparently start former Padres and Cubs and Red Sox prospect Robert Stock. USC guy, no comment. 31-year-old right-hander made that one spot start earlier this year and made it through four innings. Carlos Carrasco will also pitch tonight, but he will do so on a rehab assignment for Syracuse. For the Reds, the veteran soft tosser Wade Miley, who soft tossed a no-hitter against the Indians back in May, the same night that the Mets were walking it off when Patrick Mazika hit a walk-off dribbler. That was a night, uh, that same night, where a rat or a raccoon may have been involved. Good Lord, remember that? The, uh, the Wednesday matinee is going to be Stroman on the mound against Jeff Hoffman. Just putting that out there. And before we shut this down, a quick reminder about the Mets' virtual food drive. It goes throughout this entire month of July. Proceeds benefiting a City Harvest, New York City's largest food rescue organization. It's a wonderful thing here that they're doing. Uh, go to Hits for Hunger. It's actually Mets.com slash Hits for Hunger. You get automatically entered into the sweepstakes where one lucky fan gets an, a very exclusive Mets prize basket. You get four Clover Platinum seats if you win this thing, including a VIP uh, batting practice experience. There's a customized jersey involved, a lot of cool other stuff. So uh, putting that out there for you, Mets.com slash Hits for Hunger. The hits just kept on coming Monday night in Cincinnati. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a nice five-star Uber review if you're so inclined. The best thing you can do is tell a fellow Mets fan this thing exists. I'd appreciate that very much. Want to thank the Mets in the Morning House Band on keyboards. Jason Phillips, slapping the bass. Give it up for Rich Becker. On horns, ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Chen. And rocking those drums, Giordani Valdez Bean. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for listening. Again, the final from Great American Ballpark Monday night in 11. It was the Mets 15, the Reds 11. <laughs>